is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani. Thank you for joining us. The intersection of travel and social media has transformed the way people plan, experience, and share their travel adventures. But do you ever reflect on the potential impact that your photographs may have on the subjects and the communities that you visit? People want to be presented a certain way or a different way. Yes, destinations are beautiful. They have to be captured. But what's happening around the destination? You know, one of the photography tips I always say is, if you see a landmark, actually just ignore the landmark and capture everything around the landmark. That is award-winning travel photographer and writer Lola Akimade Akastrom. She joins me to talk about a range of issues, including how to avoid using, quote, Instagram tourism to perpetuate stereotypes or contribute to harmful narratives. And Afrobeat artists and their works have gained recognition at International Music Awards, further elevating the genre's influence and impact on the global music industry. We chat with a young upcoming Afrobeats artist from Nigeria on her first American tour. The tour is exciting. I'm literally um, being exposed to so much and I feel so blessed and opportune to even be in this position right now. And the love I've gotten is insane because every time I'm traveling, I'm like, hey, nobody know me here. But then I get on stage and I'm seeing people vibe to my music. I'm like, okay. That is King Madi, named November's Apple Music app next artist. The 17-year-old from Benin City is said to be one of the most dynamic upcoming Afrobeat artists. We start down for a conversation about her background and music. But first, let's hear from you, our listeners. This week, representatives from around 200 nations will meet in Dubai for the COP28 Climate Summit. African scientists and young climate change activists are calling on African leaders to transition the continent to 100% renewable energy away from fossil fuels. And we asked you what you know about climate change and how it is impacting your community. This is what you said. Oh, I'm Spiwe from Malawi. The way that, the way that has changed, like um, the rainy season it's not that long as the way it was back then and then the sun like the hot season it's a lot was taken yeah because sun is destroying like more of the what the crops there's no rain uh i'm faith soko i'm from malawi for example when it's uh the rainy season has delayed it means that people are also going to take time to plant their crops meaning that they're not going to have food my name is Nalukwago Shabira. It's not predictable, like like way back, it was predictable that like this season is from this month to this month. But nowadays, it just comes abruptly. It causes drought. Eh? That drought causes famine. So it ends up affecting us because the, their crops would maybe dry up before the season ends. We have had sunshine for two consecutive years, and it has been affected our farming and human agriculture. And, uh, it has been very worse. Almost dying food crops. Climate change is affecting me in some ways. I come from West, West, West Pokot in Kenya, Western Kenya. And then uh, there we measure in the pastoral scene where we are facing now uh, movement from one place to another. 
are displacing us, uh, especially these sunny conditions. And, uh, and I don't know that this change has occurred maybe uh, because of uh, cutting down the trees and then the jackal burning, uh, because of the, the economy, people want to, to cut the trees. Up front on the Voice of America, issues affecting your daily lives. Call upon all of you. I call upon. There's something greater happening. <laughs> Got it. Good. Thank Got you. Long live and thank you all. This radio is full effect. Up front. Up front. Let's go. This is Up Front on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani. Now, as social media continues to inspire and motivate more people to travel and visit new destinations, it also poses challenges that travelers, influencers, and the travel industry must navigate responsibly. Nigerian-born Lola Akimade Akastrom is an award-winning travel writer and National Geographic photographer known for her work promoting sustainable travel and cultural exploration around the world. Lola is also a novelist, and her new book, Everything is Not Enough, is a follow-up to her debut novel, In Every Mirror She's Black. She has been praised for creating multi-dimensional and complex characters. A day after her book launch, I caught up with her to talk about the concept of Instagram tourism and how to balance the need to capture those beautiful images and photos while encouraging responsible and ethical travel practices. Lola, thank you so much for joining us. Talk to us about how you started. What inspired you to pursue these careers? Absolutely. So uh, great to be here. I I actually started in the IT field, right? So before I ke- became a writer and a photographer, uh, I was a programmer for many years, but I'd always had that passion for travel. I've always loved to write. Um, my first love was actually fiction. While when I was a teenager growing up in Nigeria, So I wanted to get back to that more creative side Hmm. of myself. And so it was in 2002 when I volunteered with an expedition race in Fiji. That was when I started getting a taste of what it was to be a travel writer, because my job was to write about the expedition, write about the places we were visiting in Fiji and send daily dispatches. And it was that moment. I remember it clear as day that I knew that I wanted to, to be a travel writer and then the photography kind of came on, came in on later. because I, yeah, that came on later. Yes. And they say that they said that uh, behind every programmer is uh, a creative waiting to come out. So I guess you, <laughs> on your creative side. <laughs> now, yes, as, yes. as both a writer and photographer, what would you say is the most effective medium of storytelling? Mm. I think it depends on the story you want to tell. Because sometimes, and that is why I feel grateful as a storyteller that I can choose whichever medium based on what I want to say. So sometimes we need the verbosity of words to describe a place so you can feel it. Sometimes just a photo looking into the eyes of someone is enough to tell the story. So it really depends on what story you are trying to tell. And then for me anyway, is when I say, okay, maybe a photo essay might tell this stronger or maybe just writing really descriptive, immersive words Mm -hmm. can convey it better. So it really depends on what story you're trying to tell. The platform comes second. You were just telling me that you had a book launch yesterday for your new book. uh, (laughs) Everything is not enough. 
We were yes. not going to talk in detail about it, but would you describe okay. it as a, a sequel to your first novel in Every Mirror She's Black? Uh, it's actually a follow-up, right? Because some of the same characters are in both books, but it act can actually be read as a standalone uh, mm -hmm. book. So, so it just continues the stories, the lives of the women from the first book, but it can actually be read as a standalone book. So that's why we call it a follow-up. Got you, got you. I, I, I figured a little bit that that might be along those lines. Now, you have a unique background. You were born in Nigeria. Where, where did you grow up in Nigeria? In Lagos. So in I Lagos. grew up in Lagos. Uh, and now you're, right now you, you reside in Sweden. Uh, what would you yes. say, how would you say your cultural background has influenced your work and perspective on, on travel and on writing? Absolutely. So, uh, so my, I, I am Yoruba, that's my tribe. And Nigeria, we've got over 250 different tribes speaking over 500 plus languages and dialects. And so from a very early age, I was very sensitive to the nuances of culture because we have to live together. We have to acknowledge each other, respect each other and make space for each other. And so that natural uh, empathy for different cultures is what I carried into travel writing. And that's why I really love getting beneath culture uh, really understanding the nuances of why we're different and why we need to be different and what connects us, our similarities. And so moving to Sweden was just an extension of that and why I've spent a lot of time really, truly uh, getting beneath Swedish culture in my work as well. Mm. And I read that your work focuses a lot on uh, sustainable travel. Uh, wh why is that important to you and how do you incorporate that in your photography and your writing yes. too? So I always say sustainable travel, but more slow travel. And what I usually say is, you know, it's all about the pace versus the duration, because um, how quickly you move through a place, uh, you can't, it takes time to develop relationships. It takes time to really fully appreciate. And so sometimes when I'm traveling through a place, I just pick a thing and say, you know what, I want to get this to know this place deeper based on its food culture. I don't have to see the big sites, but if I go deeper through one thing, that's a more sustainable way of uh, travel. You appreciate the place more, you gain deeper expertise and, and insight mm, uh, into that place. Based on, exactly, you immerse. And so for me, that's one thing, but also making sure that the local communities are fully involved in the decision-making process in that whatever you do does not um, disturb values, tradition does not um, disrupt, disrespect yeah, and disrupt. Dis exactly. Right, right. So that's super important. So you have to travel with purpose and intention. And that's what I do. I'm a big advocate for that. Mm, which we've seen a lot in this uh, Instagram travel era, but we'll get to that a little yes. later on. But yes. uh, some, <laughs> some tips Give us some tips on how you select your destinations and experiences to feature in your work. Are there any right. specific criteria that you use when choosing what to showcase? Yes. So there isn't really any, you know, uh, set criteria. One, it depends on if I'm on assignment. So a publication already has the destination they want to cover. But personally, I am interested in tradition. I am interested in people that work with their hands, that are preserving tradition in a more modern way, you know, because when you work with your hands, it forces you to slow down, to be intentional, to be in the moment, to not uh, 
be distracted. And so that always pulls me in terms of the work. I love culture. I always, I find different cultures super fascinating. So I will, I always love experiencing culture through sub cultures, lifestyle, tradition, and the slow gastronomy. So for me, those are the themes that really interest me. And then that is what steers the direction or the destination of the communities I, I uh, spend time with. Mm, and I imagine that takes a lot of planning and preparation and research. Um, so let's again talk to, about uh, this changing landscape of uh, travel, yes. the ever-evolving landscape of travel and technology. How do you stay relevant in your field, adapting to these uh, changing uh, technologies and industry? So I always say that um, people should not worry about staying relevant, but worry about the next evolution of themselves as a storyteller. Mm -hmm. So my work as a travel writer is not to always stay relevant. I am aware of trends. I use the technology to sharpen my voice, but I don't get swept up by trends or by technology in, the, in, in terms of trying to stay relevant. As a storyteller, what you can do is make sure that you're using the modern tools to make your voice stronger. And what you have to do is find your voice first and then worry about how that voice, voice is evolving over time. And so when we think about Instagram tourism, you know, where people just go to destinations and use them as backdrops, that could be the trend now, but I, I call it, it feels like cotton candy versus solid food, right? You know, and so I am in, I am in the business of the solid food storytelling. Right. That, and that just builds longe organic longevity. Absolutely. You know, because you are worried about how am I evolving and growing as a storyteller. And those who know the solid food will know where to find it. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. So again, in this age of, uh, of social media and Instagram tourism, like you call it, how do you balance the desire of capturing that beautiful image with the need to promote responsible and ethical travel practices? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there, there is that balance. I think one of the things is making sure that local voices are involved in that storytelling, right? Because people want to, people want to be presented a certain way or a different way. Yes, destinations are beautiful. They have to be captured. Mm -hmm. But what's happening around the destination? How are people, or, you know, around that landmark, how are people living their everyday lives? Why not also capture you know, uh, all of that. You know, one of the photography tips I always say is if you see a landmark, actually just ignore the landmark and capture everything around the landmark. Keep the landmark relegated as a backdrop so you can see how people are living their everyday lives in the shadow of this, you know, icon or landmark. So that is the way I, I go about my storytelling. You're listening to Upfront on The Voice of America. We're chatting with acclaimed travel photographer and writer Lola Akimade Akastrom. She just released her second novel titled Everything Is Not Enough. But today we're talking mostly about her travel photography. The intersection of travel and social media raises many ethical considerations and Lola advises on how to strike that balance between sharing experiences and respecting the cultural sensitivities of local communities. Um, so can you share some tips again for, or advice for aspiring travel writers and photographers who are, you know, looking to make a mark in this ever-evolving industry? Yes, absolutely. I think it is don't photograph what you think others want to see. 
photograph what you truly are interested in. Because once you, and that's how you can start developing your own voice mm -hmm. as a photographer, as an artist, as a writer, focus on what naturally and organically draws your interest, right? And not, oh, I wanna work with National Geographic or whatever, so I must shoot that way. Then you become a dime a dozen. Mm -hmm. And that is what I always say, your journey might be longer to get where you need to go, but by the time you get there, it's uniquely yours. Your voice has not been watered down or changed by others. Is, is there a particular message or impact that you hope to leave with your audience through your work, especially in terms of, uh, we're talking about cultural understanding and, and sustainability? Yes, yes. I mean, I think hopefully what I'm trying to do with my work is to show people, is to make people feel seen and acknowledged fully as they are. You know, I want my work to give people space to be fully human so they can express all their emotions. You know, and I think that's one of the things that, especially as Black people or Black women, we don't get enough grace and space to just be fully human, to express all the range of emotions. We always have to be a certain way. We always have to present a certain way. And I want my work to leave that legacy of saying, I see you. I see you as you are. I see you. I acknowledge your difference. I acknowledge your situation. And, you know, your voice matters as well. You know, I, I think um, that in the dedication of my first novel, I wrote, you know, to, to anyone who has felt excluded or unappreciated, you know, that your, you know, your voice matters, you're allowed to exist without explanation, and you should never let the world convince you that your, your struggles are invalid, right? Absolutely. So that is what uh, my work, that's my life's work. Living to make people in feel seen. authentic selves. Yes. And finally, Lola, First of all, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. I think you're an amazing thank photographer you. and writer. I look forward to thank reading you. your, book, your new book. I wanted thank you to you. take a moment to share with us. Uh, uh, I love traveling, so I love to share stories about traveling. Can you share a personal travel anecdote or story that you know left a lasting, um, lasting impression on you or shaped your perspective on, as a writer or as a travel writer or photographer? Yeah, no, absolutely. The one that comes to mind quickly was I was in a border village, the border of Uzbekistan and uh, I think it was Tajikistan. There was a village called Ayat and I saw an old man wearing a purple robe and I wanted to photograph him. So I woke up to him with an interpreter. I introduced myself. I say, my name is Lola. And he's like, is that your name? I said, yes. He's like, where are you from? I said, I'm from Nigeria. I'm Africa. He's like, what's your full name? What's your real name? I said, what do you mean? It's like, because I know Africans have longer names and your mm -hmm. names have meaning. Mm -hmm. And I told him my full name, Honora Lola Olua, which means God moves in mysterious ways. You know, God's ways are wonderful. And he said, yes, that I wanted your full name because I know your name has meaning. And in that moment, I felt completely seen Absolutely. in this tiny village in Uzbekistan. Wow. Who would have thought, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. This place is the, the most unexpected yeah. places where you actually get seen. Yes, <laughs> yeah, fully seen, fully uh, seen for who I am as an African. That's an amazing so. anecdote. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, Laura, <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. I know it's quite late in Sweden where you are. you in Stockholm? <laughs> yes, I am. Stockholm, Sweden, yes. So best of luck. Thank and you so much. A busy couple of months. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Jackson. Thanks. That was Nigerian-born Lola Akima de Akastrom 
an award-winning travel writer and National Geographic photographer known for her work that promotes sustainable travel and cultural exploration around the world. Arista in Stockholm in Sweden. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Climate change affects us in many ways. Uh, for example, uh, many of us, most especially here in Uganda, uh, we've been having a challenge in areas of the east, for example, in Bale, where we have been having landslides uh, due to excessive rains. As a Uganda, I've moved us through different regions, eastern, western, central. And uh, when I was a child, I used to see the climate we are having now. It is totally different we used to have. Increasing drought, increasing in floods has come in. It affects the general nature of climate or weather. Definitely, it is humans who are paying for this. Government has come to come with the idea of planting more trees or reserving these areas which we have already as forests. We reserve them. We stop deforestation. We stop these people cutting down forests. We stop these people who are encroaching swamps. We stop these people who are doing mining in their lakes and rivers. All this will try to mitigate this. And these actions have to be taken by our governments. Welcome back. This is Upfront on The Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani. Afrobeats, a contemporary music genre that originated from West Africa, has experienced significant growth in popularity both within the continent and on the global stage. And as its influence grows, it's also attracting more young people who are gaining visibility on the international stage. Named November's Apple Music Up Next artist, 17-year-old King Madi, is said to be one of the most dynamic upcoming artists that represents the future of the popular genre. I caught up with her during her recent U.S. tour to talk about her background, her influences, and the future of Afrobeats. Chimamanda Pal Chukuma, also known by her stage name King Madi, is a native of Benin City in Nigeria. Starting off as a professional dancer, King Madi transitioned to singing at a very young age, inspired by her mother. I caught up with her in Atlanta at the Boo Vision Studios, where she was taking a break before embarking on the last leg of her maiden U.S. tour. King Madi, thank you so much for joining us on VOA's Red Carpets. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and the kind of music that you do. Okay, hi, my name is Chimamanda Prochukuma, professionally known as King Madi. I'm 17 years old. I'm a singer, songwriter, and dancer from Nigeria. King Madi, that's a very interesting name. What is behind the name King Madi? King Madi is actually parted in two. The king is a title. It's a mix of femininity and independence, and that's how I see myself as an artist. Mm. So it's basically a title that comes with the name Madi. And um, Madi means extremely talented. M-A-D-I means extremely talented. Mm. And I feel like that's a proper representation of who I am. And I feel like the name kind of presents itself, and I feel like I have to live up to that name every time I hear it. You're about to dominate the industry. So earlier on, you were giving us a little preview, a snippet of uh, some of the music that you're working on. Yeah. So what, tell us about some of the upcoming projects. Um, 
my first EP is going to be coming out this month, and I'm super excited for it because this is just this is this is like a dream to me, especially because this is like the first time I'm going to be properly putting out a body of work, and this is what people are going to use to like remember me and know me as a person. Mm-hmm. So the songs are basically me talking. Most of the songs on the project were recorded when I was 14. And we've decided to keep it that way for the originality right. and for the storytelling to be precise. King Madi was about to take her flight to Dallas, Texas for a concert that night. She sampled for us her recently released debut EP, which is already earning her accolades as part of the dynamic class of new and emerging artists from Africa. At 14 years old, you were already writing music of that, le- of that level. Yeah. I mean, imagine 10 years from now the kind of, <laughs> of music you'll be putting out. I'm excited. Well, what, do you, what do you sing about at, at, at 14? What, kind of music <laughs> you, what, 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 what was the subject matter that you were... A lot. I, th- I mean, most of it was based on... Because I was, I was a bookworm, but only for literature. <laughs> so I like to have, read like novels, yeah. yeah, just for like, just for, just it's for okay, like stories, <laughs> not not the sciencey stuff, just for like stories. So based on that, I would like read, and whatever storyline I was getting, I would find it fun to write about it, and most times those are what like my songs are based on. So now that you brought up literature, I want to hear about what, which book. Am I reading right now? Yes. Uh, not, not necessarily you're reading right now, but what what's the book you'd say has had the biggest impact on your life? Oh, um, I think it's called Wake Me When I'm Gone. I think I think that that's the last that's, book that's I read, powerful. and that's like my favorite book. Yeah. It's crazy. And Wake Me When right I'm now? Gone. Uh, it's a Chimamanda book right now. It's Which one, called Half of a. Damn I just bought it. Really? Oh my god, that's crazy. How did you know that? I literally just bought Americana. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. you're currently touring. Talk yeah. to us about the tour. The tour is exciting. I'm literally um being exposed to so much and I feel so blessed and opportune to even be in this position right now. And the love I've gotten is insane because every time I'm traveling, I'm like, hey, nobody know me here. But then I get on stage and I'm seeing people vibe to my music. I'm like, okay, okay. Even those that don't know you will Yeah, know you. they're just like, yes. you know, it's just like, I'm a fan. I'm like, you're a fan. So I'm just getting excited as I grow and I'm enjoying the journey. And also, like, the time is messing with me because I'm like, where am I? <laughs> and then it's like I'm in a different, yeah. I'm in a different state. Yeah. So it's it's amazing. Um, every single state has been beautiful, and I've just had fun. Yeah, which city have you vibed out the most? I don't want to be Say partial. I don't want to be partial, but I really, <laughs> I enjoyed all of them, but I really liked um, Washington and New York. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Um, so who did you grow up listening to? Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. What does Kendrick Lamar mean for you? Like, how did he inspire you? Um... So I feel like where I was born, I was born in Benin City. I was raised there as well. A lot of celebrities didn't come there. So I was just bound to listening to the music that people that would come to my mom's store would play. And those were usually like university graduates. And they liked to listen to rap and trap music. Mm -hmm. So they played a lot of Kendrick. They played Eminem. They played Lil Wayne. And I think at that point, that was when I heard Kendrick. I think it was Swimming Pools. And I immediately became obsessed because I like literature. And something about the way the song was going, I'm like, I can decipher this. This is crazy. Because it was just so, it was amazing, like, 
understanding it from a level where everyone was just trying to get the lyrics but like i could hear like there was something deeper than what he was saying that was the first time i heard like a subliminal rap and he's just he's just literature to me Absolutely. he's like an uh, art bible I, I gotta say that he's the greatest of all time argue with you're, your you're keyboard for Kendrick Lamar, yeah <laughs> who is one of the i think the only rap that have received the pulitzer prize based on his writing That says something. Check his stats. You know? <laughs> Check his st- I'm sorry. Check his stats. And you, you know, you're mirroring yourself towards the greatest. Yeah. So, um, you know, I really, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that, you know, people will discover you and see, you know, the amazing stuff you're about to Thank do. Thank you so much. Um, so what is next? What are you about to get into uh, from here? My project, I'm going to focus more on my upcoming EP. That's my, that's my, like, that's the, that's the biggest thing right now. That's where my heart is at. That's where my head is at. That's where everything is at right now my project. Just can't wait for it to be out and for you guys to get to experience such an amazing body of work. That was King Madi. She's a 17-year-old Nigerian Afrobeat artist. We caught up in Atlanta in the middle of her U.S. tour. And with that, we come to the end of our show today. Many thanks to all our guests and to you, our listeners. You can catch up on previous episodes of Upfront at voaafrica.com slash Upfront. You can also connect with us on our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. Remember to like, to share, and then to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Jackson Vungani in Washington, wishing you a great week ahead, Africa. Ronaldo, so you want to me shine impossible. I